Hello everybody and welcome to today's special episode of Taking Care of Business. I'm here with JP, how do I say your surname? Mondalek. Mondalek. And he is the ex, I'm going to say CEO of Kareem? Oh no, no, well, no, no. So I was the, the, the founding country manager for Uber in Uber. the UAE. So our first operation in the Middle East started here in 2013. So yeah, you're not the ex-CEO of Kareem, but we tell everyone no, that you no, were. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Who was the CEO of Kareem? So there were two founders. There was uh, Mudasser and Magnus. Okay. So they started Kareem. And then, as you know, years later, a few years after I left Uber, Uber acquired Kareem. Okay. Yeah. So they continue to do their thing. Yeah. And you obviously exited that business. And uh, joined Dubizzle. Okay. So Barry Judge uh, hired me to basically lead the motors vertical, which for me is a passion vertical. I love cars. Yeah. And uh, wearing my marketplace hat, the you know you get to build a marketplace, but also tap a, a passion vertical. So I enjoyed being at Dubizzle and the parent company OLX for three years. So while there, what was exciting was taking the business from essentially just selling listing space to getting closer to the transaction and eliminating friction and pain points for sellers and buyers of cars. So you may have seen at uh, Tashjil in Barsha, there's a little booth and branded Dubizzle. Explain what that is, because I don't, right, this is a tech company. We're going to get onto property in a minute, but we promise you, we will get to tech. Dubizzle, right, they have a booth there. They buy cars themselves and sell cars. How, why? What's the? What am I missing? Yeah, so I'll explain. So essentially, when um, I joined Dubizzle, one of the first things I did is I sat with the customer support team to listen into customer complaints, and a frequent complaint was that people were saying that they would list cars and not be able to sell them. Yeah, we would look at the quality of those listings, and frankly, they were shit. Mm. So number one, people needed help taking photo- photographs, writing the description, and being responsive to leads that they were getting. So that was one opportunity. The other thing we noticed is that the first five phone calls that these sellers were getting were from car dealers, which then tells you that dealers want inventory. So that's another problem to solve. So there were two very um, young uh, but very successful startups in town, uh, one called Expat Wheels, which was a consignment selling business led by Matthew Davidson. So that's it around. um, We acquired them. Do you know why it's weird you say that? Why? So I'm looking for a car for my wife at the moment okay. and I went on to Expat Wheels because I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. the website, there was like four cars on it. It was still like a dead website and I was like, what's happened to it? There yeah, so, so now yeah. talk to me. We'll, we'll get Matthew uh, on the case. But Matthew's now moved on to great things on the data side. But so approached uh, Expat Wheels, brought them on board, did a little pilot and we did wonders. And basically as a business, we went from selling a listing for 200 dirhams um, where Half of the time, people were not successful selling um, to making 2,500 dirhams a transaction okay. where we would charge you 500 upfront to represent. We do all the legwork. And then upon sale, we would then collect another 2,000 dirhams. So you can imagine what that did for the PL of the Motors Vertical. So do you know what the situation is now with the, because I tried to, I, I, when I bought my car recently, I got my PA page to put my car online and you sent me the contract through once you said sell it. And I thought, oh, it's 500 dirhams to sell it. And I thought, that's too cheap. So I got the contractor, and I swear, they, forgive me if I get this wrong, 8% they wanted of the car value to sell it. And I was like, are you mad? Because there's two packages. There's a standard and a premium. And the premium, you get photos and everything. So believe it or not, during 
my time, we were charging the same amount, yeah. irrespective. And I think since then, what they've done is they've tried to squeeze the lemon, mm. the monetization lemon a bit harder. But it works. And now, yeah. Um, now I wonder how many people are availing, but I guess they're able to extract more from higher value cars than they are with lower value cars. But that was kind of one one thing that we did, and that was the booth that you saw. So that booth would help people with inspecting, selling, and buying cars, and we basically helped grease the wheels of of, of transactions in the city, yeah. and uh, people liked it. Now you ask, how's the service going? It breaks my heart, but sometimes I hear stories that you know the quality isn't what it used to be. Matthew's not there anymore. Yeah. Taylor's not there anymore. Who used to do all of the transactions? He's now joined the business called Expat Motors, which has a physical shop. Yeah. yeah, So Taylor is there. Uh, but that so was an amazing a sponsor for Brits in Dubai, which is a forum or a group that we run. So it's like thirty-four thousand people that are British, that are local, based in Dubai, asking questions about it. But anytime it comes about a car, I always see expat motors come up. So. Yeah. So that was that, and then we bought another business, not too dissimilar to we buy any car. Yeah. In the UK, it was it was called we we cash any car. Yeah. And so we bought that business, and the the idea behind that was there are, there's a set of sellers who want to sell quickly, are less price sensitive. And uh, guess who's bidding on those cars? Dealers. So that would satisfy that insatiable appetite. So that company as well, I've crossed paths with that company. Okay. So when I first met my now wife, we're talking 12 years ago, she had a Peugeot 206 it was. And I said, look, babe, I'll get you a new car. We're together now. So ended up buying a new car. And we took her car into We Cash Any Car or We Buy Any Car. I can't around, we Cash Any Car. Around the corner from Berkshire Tashjil. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And so you I, met... And you met Faz and Naz. I can't remember who it was that went in there. So we've gone in there with a the car and they said, we'll offer you 18,000 euros or whatever it was. I said, yeah, no problem, babe. Just get it gone. Get off the drive. We'll, we'll move on. I've gone there. They've offered 18 grand. I've got the, there's like a, a website that you go on and put an automated thing on. We've gone there and went, oh, that's what offer you 12. I think there's, there's something wrong. But I was like, are you joking me? Anyway, I said, our principal, I'm out the door. But I suppose there's a lot of people that just want the cash there and then as well, aren't there? So um, their their agents are essentially trained to look around the car and every little ding or whatnot. They basically say, okay, that's five hundred dollars. Grand off, that. thank you. Right, and there's a there's a KPI, right? The more you can knock off, that means more margin on the car, right? Um, I'm sure there are certain analogies in this industry, but uh, that's cheaper that's the how agent, it works. the poorer the service. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it normally goes down. Right, we're going to get away from cars and we're going to talk about Hauser.com. So you have come from. Dubizzle, Kareem, Uber. So oh. no Kareem. I uh, came Sorry. from Uber, Dubizzle, and Amazon. Okay. Which I was with for the last two and a half years. Uber's bigger than Kareem anyway, isn't it really? So is, is it bigger or not? Globally, obviously it's that's a global all, player. That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, so coming from where you've come from, you're now uh, the CEO of Hauser.com. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how you've gone from a marketplace with is, was Barry your old boss? Was he your yeah. boss? Barry, Barry hired me. Barry was and my you boss. Took over his position, and he's moved on to a much bigger position, which we were aware of. Do you want to talk through that very quickly? How, how was that come about? Yeah. So um, prior to joining Hauser.com, I was um, at uh, Amazon in Mina, uh, leading essentially brand um, and peak events and customer lifecycle. So um, had a great opportunity to learn a new skill set at Amazon. As I mentioned, my background. After coming back to the UAE, where I grew up, um, I've shifted from being an investor um, uh, to being on the operating side. And the, the first two roles at Uber and at Dubizzle were focused on scaling marketplaces. But then at Amazon, what I was doing was essentially 
helping us elevate the brand of Amazon because Amazon entered the region via acquisition, buying soup.com. So we had to basically build the brand in the mind of consumers um, in the UAE, in Saudi, and in Egypt. So I uh, basically learned that craft from the best of the best. Amazon is the largest advertiser in the world. And then uh, Peak Events is a program that they build to create um, uh, peak uh, sales uh, spread across the year. It's just uh, like Black Friday and things like that. Absolutely. Black Friday, Prime Day, etc. So does that actually work? Do people wait for Black Friday and Amazon? So ideally, we want people to be shopping all the time. Yeah. And we have the Prime program to incentivize you to do that. However, what, what we saw with these mega sale events is that it does a couple of things. Number one, it does draw existing users to make incremental purchases during yeah. those because you've got better discounts. So people will hold out for some of the big ticket items. Um, but then what it does is it re-engages some of your dormant customers. Yeah. So it brings them back to life, right? As so I've got a about question that. about Black Friday then. Sure. So the dormant customers, the people that are buying, there's a discount of what is it normally? 20%, 10%, 30%? On, on some items can go all the way up to 70%. Who bears the brunt of the discount? Amazon or the, or the shop? So the vendor... Yeah. Right, which is the brand that sells yeah. on Amazon is the one that's they have a pocket, if you will. Yeah. Right. It's a marketing expense, right? So this is like a seller discount that okay. they give you. So that's kind of the line item that they have. Yeah. And we tap that to be able to offer the discount. Ah, so okay. when you go to the the Procter and Gambles of the world and whatnot, yeah. you're basically negotiating that discount. Pool. But what about the, the stuff that Amazon obviously with their massive holding factories? We're gonna get into property, by the way, but I'm interested in tech and Amazon, so we're gonna get into that. Um the factories that hold all Amazon stuff. So you've obviously pre-bought them. How Technically, how do you go and say, we're going to give a discount? How, how does that work? So um, Amazon obviously has a lot of data signals to understand, you know, demand, how much, etc. Yeah. And so they negotiate uh, terms. And obviously, when you're as big as Amazon, you can dictate the terms. You can you can <laughs> you can you can you can dictate the terms. And uh, and while still everybody wins, right? Otherwise, if people weren't winning, they they wouldn't be selling yeah. on Amazon, right? Absolutely. Naturally. So now, once that inventory starts to get older, yeah. then you know you you start to chop away at the price because you know if it's say uh, a gadget or a phone, etc. They're going to be superseded by new models, so you need yeah. to make sure that you get that stuff out of the door. Now, frankly, that's the side of the house that I wasn't a part of, so okay. I can't give you too much, too much detail there. But uh, obviously, our like any retailer, uh, in this case, an e-retailer, are we want to maximize terms of inventory, right? And I think the the superpower of of, of Amazon is their marketplace, their three P business, because. 3P. Yeah. What does that mean? Third party. Okay. Yes. So when you when you get when you have this long tail of sellers, yeah. and then when you overlay that with the last mile infrastructure that Amazon has, yeah. then you have something called fulfilled by Amazon FBA. Yes. And then if you become an FBA seller, it's kind of the best of both worlds. Okay. You as an end user get to experience that very high quality experience in terms of delivery speed, etc., accountability. Yeah. Is that when it's held in the factory then effectively? When it's held in the in the in the Storage. in the warehouses, yeah. right? And then they get delivered by Amazon yeah. delivery uh, associates. Um, and then uh, you also benefit from the long tail of selection. Yeah. Right. Because Amazon has this flywheel that people have probably read about the lore of, you know, Jeff Bezos wrote something on a, on a napkin. But essentially the way it goes is the more selection you have, the yeah. more potential buyers you have for Correct. that selection and then more traffic, more, more buyers. Then it's the same the, thing as property, really, isn't it? You relate the same and, thing. And, if you've and, got the listings, you have control. And we'll talk about the house of flywheel uh, in a uh, bit. Uh, and then uh, the other uh, secondary component is lower prices. So the more you're able to sell on Amazon, 
the better the terms you can get from the vendors, the sellers. Does that the also the help prices. the algorithm as well? So if you're a 3P customer on Amazon, does that also put you higher up the algorithm to show that you've got quality score to increase? That must make your listing more visible. If, if, if you have high ratings, yeah. so Amazon very much depends on user ratings yeah. into their algorithm to decide what gets featured or whatnot. And then they put Amazon Choice and other badges to elevate that item. Okay. Yeah. Let's push this back to Hauser now because okay. I've got my Amazon fix. I'm probably one of the number okay. one customers. My last thing I bought off them was uh, you know, the sea um, submersible thing that you hold on to and you go underwater. And have you seen okay. it? You know what I'm talking about? Does like, it look like a shark? Not no, you hold on to it. It's okay. like a motor in the middle, okay. and it like takes you like a mini jet ski. Oh, so wow. I'm I'm probably the worst customer at that because I just thought oh, that was good. I have one of them. And so I'm three uh, P's. I'm a big fan of it. <laughs> are, you, are you a Prime member? I am a Prime member. I get Amazon Prime as well. Nice. So I watch Lord of the Rings every day. I'm three episodes in. Have you seen Lord of the Rings? Not yet. There you go. Then you're not a proper Prime. Yeah. Fan, are you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how's that? You're now. Moved on from Amazon. How did? Why did you choose to get into Hauser? What is it that's tickled your fancy? Because coming from a, such amazing tech roles, what is it with Hauser that got you interested? Um, so I, I honestly decided to take a sabbatical um, and was planning to be um, spending quality time with family. Uh, my wife had just delivered our second child. We have two children under two, um, and I wanted to just frankly spend quality time. So I had a plan to basically take six months off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and enjoy our young and growing family. And then a month and a half into that sabbatical, um, Barry called me and said, hey, can we have a chat? And then Barry shared with me his personal circumstances where he was going to move on to um, to a new challenge in the UK. Are we allowed to say what it is, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, it's an amazing opportunity and role. So basically, Barry, who used to lead Dubizzle, um, got and headhunted, Hauser. and Hauser, um, got headhunted to basically run Gumtree and motors.co.uk in the UK, which is an amazing opportunity to be the CEO of those two businesses. But he's still on our board. That's the most Absolutely. So, so, Hausa, so, so Barry continues to be part of Hausa. Barry co-founded Hausa. He led Hausa up until my joining two months ago. Um, and now he's moved uh, to the board. Two months now, surely. It depends. <laughs> From when I first went on radio, it was yeah. longer. I was, okay, I was already yeah, wearing I was the Hausa say, hat yeah. before I joined. But yeah. <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the, the genesis. And for me, what excited me about the opportunity is a couple, couple of fold. I have been cutting my teeth on marketplaces since 2013, um, working with Uber, Dubizzle, et cetera. Um, real estate as an asset class has always fascinated me. Yeah. And I was never uh, an expert and I, I'm still learning every day. And it's what honestly what makes this job really exciting. I'm exposed, you know, a, a recent homeowner from a few years ago, an investor in, in projects in the U.S. Um, but for me, the opportunity to kind of like really dive in yeah. to, to, to Hauser was also a lot, you know, was something that excited me. And the last piece, which nobody really talks about, is rejoining my former colleagues that we worked together and built amazing products and yeah. created tremendous value at Dubizzle. It's very rare that Seb are we talking about. We're talking about Seb, Matt, Sarah, yeah. Aziz. It is a very, very Imad. strong team behind Hauser. You know, honestly, the team that we have, frankly, you'd expect to see in a probably a Series BC company, yeah. right? The talent that we have and the decades of marketplace and classified experience we have is really unique. And nobody talks about it. So I'm talking about it right now. Yeah, they're the, the right. unsung heroes, aren't they? Like the work that Seb does and Sarah does and... Matt signing up the companies. So I'm going to get, I'm going to ask some, I yeah. know I'm a shareholder in Hauser, so it's important to be a caveat there. I invested at the start with 
big companies like Better Homes and Driven. So I'm just going to cut straight to the chase. I'm going to ask you a question that you don't think was going to come on here. So I'm just going to ask you All straight right, up. Sure. One of the things that people are concerned about is obviously I invested into Hauser like I'd invest into Tesla. So the fear that some people have is that these are the companies invested into Hauser. Do they have any rights to the leads or, or how secure is an agency working with, with let's say, you if other companies are invested into it? Have you ever been to our offices? I've never seen your office. Yeah, so it's the first time. Is this first the first time? My, this is my this is my first time at Alsop and Alsop. Yeah. So we 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 are two very separate entities. We have a governance structure. We have a board that is made up of some of our largest shareholders. You've actually resigned from from our board, right? Uh, but you continue to be uh, very much involved and a huge supporter of the business. Yes. So um, we are an independent tech startup. We are backed by the largest uh, agencies in town. You've, list, you've mentioned a few of them. Yeah. In fact, we have 16 agency shareholders. Not a lot of people know this. Wow. Um, and we're looking to grow um, the number of, sh- of agency shareholders that we have. And we're going to be out in the market very soon uh, trying to raise money from institutional investors. Uh, today, the $5.5 million that came into Hausa to get us to this point of time was 100% from the industry. Yeah. But for Hauser to continue growing and for us to keep elevating, we're going to need to get um, institutional investors to come in and to join our board. But yeah, uh, to answer your question, um, we have the correct governance structures. There is no direct API from Hauser yeah. to, to Alsop. I know, that'd be incredible. Um, no, we get content from the industry. And this, frankly, goes back to the earlier question, like what excited me? Uh, it's very hard in uh, classified and online marketplaces to this, to break in when you have an existing duopoly yeah. structure, which is the case. Let's face it. We have two Duopolies very strong. Two. two. Okay. Technically so have, three, though. Two. To the public, three, because you've got Divisal, Bayou, but to me and you, it's two. It, correct. Yeah. So when you have a duopoly structure, so power to them. However, the superpower that we have is yeah. our current shareholding structure and the fact that we're backed by the industry means that we can get content yes. before everyone else. And this is a fantastic segue for us to talk about Only on Hausa. Yes. So Only on Hausa is our ability to break in and get a seat at the table when you already have two very strong players. Yeah. And to the property seeker, it's our call to action for people to come and prioritize Hausa to find the freshest listings that they can't find anywhere else that yeah. are verified, that are fresh. If you put this into Amazon theory, okay, and we say you're still at Amazon, yep. if Amazon had a competitor that had all the products and Amazon didn't have the products, what would happen to Amazon? People would start going there and then maybe Amazon would be like, hey, they're on to doing something well. <laughs> maybe we might want to acquire that content and yeah. may, may, may want to buy. Or if that company is able to uh, thrive on their own, they can always stay independent. You know, Amazon... Um, not that we should spend too much time talking about Amazon, but you know Amazon is about to buy Roomba or announced to buy Roomba. You know, when you have the data and you yeah. can see uh, what people are acquiring, then you can already start thinking about a future list of acquisition targets, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, in our case here, the content is from the same uh, share, uh, the same uh, universe of agencies. Correct. What matters here is. Who is attracting the seekers and who's actually delivering success for those agencies? Yeah. So we talked about the Amazon flywheel. Yep. Very much inspired by the Amazon flywheel, which is all about growing absolute selection yeah. and lowering prices to draw 
consumers to the site and to help sellers sell more. The house flywheel in our minds is as follows. Ultimately, the perennial problem that exists in the market today is that we have a content quality challenge yes. where about a third of the time people will call a listing that they see online only to be told that that property is no longer available Correct. for a variety of reasons. It's uh, an old listing that had transacted yeah. that continues to stay up. It could be a fake listing. Most of the time. Right. Outside of all stuff and all stuff. And a duplicate listing where someone is trying to game the system by multiplying the same content over and over again to gain share of voice unfairly and at the detriment of other agencies or agents who play above board. Correct. Right. So this continues to happen today. The problem of why it's not getting solved is that these two very successful incumbents their business models that have served them very, very well and have allowed them to become quite big and peg their valuations, which now stands you know, anywhere from half a billion dollars to a billion dollars, depending on who you ask, um, they don't have the incentive to see about a third of their content disappear overnight because yeah. that's going to have an impact. But it's about to though, isn't it? So that's interesting. The Dubai Land Department's recent circular saying that every listing has to have a Chukrizi number. So... Am I right in saying that all these portals effectively going to have to drop their listings dramatically unless they've got a Form A landlord owners? Depending on how quickly enforcement comes into play, yeah, I think that is kind of the, the, the end goal. But is there an incentive for them to accelerate that move? No. Definitely not. So, uh, and enter Hausa, our model is very different. We don't monetize based on selling listings and visibility. We monetize on delivering leads. Yeah. So frankly, we are very excited about this push by the DLD and want to partner with the DLD to get all of this fake content off of sites as soon as possible because it's going to mean a better experience for seekers. They find what they want faster because then pages and pages of fake crap, let's just yeah. call it what it is, goes off of the sites. Those eyeballs and those leads now can get spread over to it becomes a more concentrated. That, that's what I said. Someone was talking about the market and real estate, and they said, "How do you think?" Because obviously, we're very good friends with Property Finder and Bayou. These yeah. are our partners, and, and we respect them, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, they not respect them. They're, they're just they're a good company to be around. And someone said, "You know, when Property Finder and Bayou remove these listings, how's that going to affect you?" I said, "Well, our listings are real. So what will happen if you imagine a, a glass of orange squash?" that see-through with a little bit of squash, we're going to put more, and it will be the most concentrated version of uh, of that squash. And to put that into context, the squash is the customers. You know, the amount of people that are going to be coming to the website will remain the same, but the amount of listings will be less, which will increase the legitimate agents' uh, lead generation dramatically. So, look, I'm all for it, and I think this is, for me, with Hauser and where I see the strength for me. Bayut, Property Finder, Hauser, let's just say them three there, as soon as the Trachisi becomes in and every listing has has a Trachisi, which means that it, in similar to anyone's in, in the not in the brokerage terms, every port, every agency, all up and all up, all the biggest companies have their CRMs where they put their data in. That data will feed into the portals. Every listing will be real. So everybody then at that point has the same plan for so verified listings, true checks, anything you can imagine, they all become one because every listing is real. It, it's going to level the playing field, 100%. So my question I've got to you is how do you differentiate and how do you... I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> I, just, I don't know why I said yeah, that. Yeah. 
but uh, but uh, so here here how, here's how it goes. So as we mentioned before, legacy monetization models, right? It's once you get to a level of dominance yeah. in terms of traffic, etc. The next thing you start to focus on is monetizing. We talked about squeezing the lemon yeah. and, and extracting more. So these platforms basically have sold their sort algorithm. Yeah. Meaning if you want to get maximum visibility, you pay to be at the top. Correct. So again, the, one of the beauty of having such an experienced team who came from Dubizil is that we've seen this model play out and then see how ultimately it fails. Yes. It fails the seeker because now they start to see pages and pages and pages of featured ads, right? Not necessarily content that is high quality or where you have agents behind those listings that are responsive. So what our team has done is we've built an exclusive algorithm that nobody has done in the country yet, which is quality backwards. What does that mean? Is the content exclusive? Yes, all the way to the top. Is it, is it fresh? All the way to the top. Are a lot of people engaging? All the way to the top. Is that agent responsive and responding quickly? Is another signal that goes into the algorithm that then prioritizes it. So what it means for the seeker is when you land on our site, you are going to be shown content that is high quality, exclusive, and connecting you to a very responsive and professional agent. And that's what everyone wants. I mean, I was looking on one of these portals of the day, and the amount of like paid ads. I mean, we do paid ads, so I understand what it is. I, I my my theory with real estate is visibility creates viewings. That's what I would say all the time in property terms. Mm-hmm. But when I'm on these portals, all of them, you know, worldwide, I look at them and I'm like, the best way for me to find a house now is actually find the tower that I want and go to newest and hope that the newest listing is actually going to be real. Because if you do it any other way, people are just paying for visibility. And that visibility doesn't always guarantee you the, the listing. Someone outside of our company rented a house through Housing recently and they just went, I love the fact I didn't call you, Lewis, by the way. I was like, okay, fair enough. But I called three companies and three of them showed me the houses and then were available. Because obviously, Hauser has a limited amount of eight. I think it's got 200 and some, 200 agencies. How many agencies? 250. 250 agencies live, where some of these portals have got 2,000 agencies. So, yeah, I think the the content play is really where the money is going to be for anyone that pulls it off. So, only on Hauser, the superpower that gets us a seat at the table. However, the way that Hausa is going to build value and grow is around quality. Yes. And by being obsessed and property seeker backwards and building a platform that delivers the, 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 the most superior experience for them will drive that traffic to our site. Yeah. More property seekers coming, more, more traffic, more leads being fed to the listings that we have. Yeah. Means more successful transactions, more engaged agencies giving us that content giving us that content first, and then that content, high-quality content flywheel spins. But then there's a secondary flywheel, again, very inspired by Amazon, which is getting agents, the best agents, to engage and prioritize house leads. And by getting them engaged and responding to property seekers faster, also further delights the seeker experience. And then, again, those two wheels keep spinning, and that's the house of flywheel. Only on Hausa ignites the wheel, yeah. but then getting that content quality first gets people to come and search on our site before any other site for those 72 hours I think and it, then leads. It takes years to build out. I mean, if you say today, I want to buy a property, like subliminal advertising that property finders have done over the years is the first thing that you think. 
And it takes such a long time for a consumer to understand what House is trying to create, which is genuinely trying to change the market for the better. But I think with a portal, what I've come to learn being invested into it and working this out, it's not a short game. And it's a, you know, to, to you to compete at the top level, it takes a lot of capital to get to that level. And that's, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting business uh, to see how it plans out the next few years because this is as disruptive as you can get in the portal world with the top companies in Dubai selecting to put their listings with Hauser. So it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, no, and, and we're up to the challenge and we're all very excited about, uh, you know, improving and raising the bar for the property seekers and at the same time making our agency partners more successful. It's David and Goliath, isn't it? It's like the, the is it a dragon, David and Goliath? The David and Goliath, was it a dragon? Was it a dragon? No. It was the Welsh dragon with the guy. And he, so one with Goliath was the big dragon and David, they were fighting and there was the hero versus the little guy. So we're- We're, we're, de- we're definitely, we're definitely David. We're definitely David. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Welsh, well, you wouldn't know that guys, would you? I'm looking around the room. Okay, so my final question for you is really for anyone who's in the brokerage side. So. I've seen um, one of the shareholders uh, in uh, Hausa Ispas did a very big deal in the Meadows last week and he put it on uh, the, uh, social media, which I was happy, but also annoyed when another person did a deal that's not me, it's my competitive streak. And that worked out to, I worked out something like three years of his subscription paid for with Hausa. We did a deal last week in the Marina, which was two years of subscription. So if you were a broker, and you don't want to increase your costs, hypothetically. Right. How does it work with Hauser in terms of, how do you pay Hauser? How does that actually work? So first off, I'm really disappointed in you that you called it a subscription, because we don't have a subscription. Okay, All commitment. Right? Commitment. <laughs> so uh, no agency pays fees upfront to have visibility on Hauser. You, we, we welcome all of your content, provided that it's legit, and then we charge you on a per lead basis. Okay depending on which part of town, the value of the home, et cetera. Um, and basically, uh, with only on Hausa, which was the case in Espace's case, that house in the meadows that they sold for 7 million dirhams, great success for them and the landlord. Congratulations. Yeah, was, was, was an only on Hausa listing, which means that they received that lead during that three-day window, that 72-hour window. Yeah. And I believe that was also the case with the, with the property in, in the marina, which yeah. goes back to, if we are successful in educating the consumer, that this is where you find the freshest and 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 most legit content in town, yeah. then you are going to be able to attract genuine in-market buyers or renters who don't want to get messed about. And I and that's our hope, and that's what we're trying to do. And for the agent and agency, you are only paying for performance. Yeah. You are not paying for visibility. Correct. And I think that is the future, and that's that shows our vision in terms of partnership. Yeah. Um, and with time, we're going to keep building more products and keep pivoting and getting closer and partnering closer with our agency and agencies yeah. to ensure that we support them in success. Wow. That was a good way to sign off, wasn't it? Thank, Thank you, you very much me. for listening in to Allsop and Allsop's podcast with uh, the main man from Hauser.com, JP. Thank you very much, guys. See you later.